Hello, all, and welcome back to the podcast without a cool acronym. I'm Chance Allison. And I am Robert Parker. We're super fans of Faith and Ferb, and we have, ta- we have taken the opportunity to make a show to talk about the show just as a whole. We go episode by episode into what we like, what we didn't like, how it rates for us. And uh, we got a good one to talk about today, Robert. We absolutely do. This is one of, if not my single favorite episode of the first season. So let's hop right into it. All right. This, the episode we're talking about is, of course, Flop Stars, which is – it was the official premiere of the second season premiered in – I'm sorry, February of 2008. So this really marks the first time the world as a whole got introduced to Phineas and Ferb. And I, this, is a, this is a pretty good episode to lead off with. Absolutely it is. This is definitely – this is the first episode I ever saw, uh, which is probably why it holds a special place in my heart. But this is definitely an episode that, once again, now the first two episodes are in there, um, it, it sort of has established itself enough that it can start playing with the formula, being a little bit more self-aware, and making some more fun jokes. Um, we should also mention that the show itself is divided into both episodes and segments. So uh, for an aired episode, there are two segments. Right. So, like, for example, this is the first segment of this episode, and there's another segment after this. So obviously, as you have probably already realized, we're doing our podcast episodes, one for each segment. Yeah, um, well, yeah, I probably should say that earlier, but yeah, that's, that's how it's how. Oh, sorry, this is this is the first one that uh, I I think this is the first one that actually has. Oh, like, you yeah, know, this, this is the first. This is the first one that actually aired as a du- a double header. Like, yeah, the way it traditionally airs is yeah, like like you said, it aired like you know, it's two vignettes per episode. So this exactly this was the first one to air to air like that. Yeah, I definitely think this was the first one to have a pairing. So it, I don't think it's a bad thing that we didn't bring it up until now. So uh, let's uh, let's go into the episode. So uh, <laughs> I, I love this game for this one. Probably one of my favorites of <laughs> the of the first season. So the, uh, they listen to the radio. The boys listen to radio one day, and uh, they get there talk to their mom about uh, one hit wonders. And <laughs> they ask her how how you become a one hit wonder, and that's when we get to uh, one of, another one of the recurring jokes of the show. Uh, their mom was a one-hit wonder pop singer in the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, their mom was like an 80s pop star. She she she, she was and she and was. Yeah, she keyword was. was. Yeah, keyword was. And they they established that she had one hit song and then just disappeared from the music scene. Mm-hmm. And that that's that the scheme. They're trying to become one-hit wonders, which you know, like upon reflection, I gotta say like, this is probably like this. Is a great commentary on just like the music business in general. Absolutely, this episode is definitely pokes fun intentionally at uh, some of the happenings in the music industry from people who are one-hit wonders and sort of their like uh, bookmark and sort of play-by-play career track, and also like this pokes fun at like record labels and uh, talent shows and all that fun stuff too. Yeah, for sure, and also like yeah, yeah, and, and like you said, like. Even going down to like the way she describes how to be a one-hit wonder, it's like just write, just write something with a catchy tune and meaningless lyrics. Go, <laughs> go yeah. and make crazy uh, demands. Yeah, I have. Uh, what was it? It's uh, yeah. I have your one-hit song that has a catchy tune and meaningless lyrics. Then uh, throw a big diva tantrum. Then your song ends up being elevator music. Exactly. Years later, you come back for a reunion tour, and then you're never heard from again. I'm like, I, I cannot think of a more honest statement 
on <laughs> hit music and like one hit wonders that it is so true it's so true though like it, 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 it honestly if you look at like the great one hit wonders of like american music history it's the, it's the same thing <laughs> like it, yeah right <laughs> well exactly yeah and this also is very like um it's a commentary on the sort of american idol style style shows oh, yeah. we, we uh, candace Candace sees an ad um, for the next super American pop teen idol star. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, that's the name of it. It's the next super American pop teen idol star. Yeah, um, I, I, which I, I, is I, I like, love that. With the most Ryan Seacrest host ever. I, I, I'm convinced that <laughs> I, I'm convinced he was approached to do it. <laughs> he probably was. He probably was. Probably, probably again. I'm convinced that he was he was he was at least asked. That's probably true. These writers knew what they were doing. Yeah, exactly. Like we, you see the you see the giant you see the giant line of everybody who wants to try and get up there and show their stuff, and she gets I think it's like the 500th or 200th. I can't. Remember. Uh, you're the. I think uh, it's one hundredth. You're 100th? the one. Uh, I don't remember. I'm gonna look it up. I don't, I don't remember either. It's gonna bother me until I figure it out. I she, think it's one hundredth. She is arbitrary number of competitors, so she gets to sing yeah. with the. So Candice uh, finally she gets to sing with the newest the, hit act. It is hundredth. Uh, it is hundredth. Okay, it is hundredth. That because she's the hundredth contestant in this show, she gets to sing with the newest hit act, uh, which is the. Phineas and the Ferb Tone. We get to see the, the fruits of their labor. PFT. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're, we skipped ahead a little bit, but as Did far they? as just, like, the, the boys' plot are, is they uh, they want to become one-hit wonders. Exactly. So this is the, I referenced it a few episodes ago of our show, but we this is the episode where uh, Phineas is writing meaningless lyrics, and then Ferb plays one note, on like a garage band style like computer program and Phineas just goes great at this point we'll be done by lunch um <laughs> and then yeah we skip forward to candace's audition where she gets to sing on stage with pft yeah ex- exactly but, like they even and that's where we get i think i i would say the best song of the first season yes uh by get- far <laughs> gitchy gitchy goo i would i would make an argument for the best song of the entire series damn Wow, that's that's high, high praise. That's it's it's high praise. This is an excellent song. It, it really is, cause like and like everything they're talking about in the beginning of the episode, we're just like you know, Spice and the Jason Cat doesn't doesn't matter what it's about, even if it's nonsense, as long as it's catchy, it'll work. And it did. It does. Yeah, it's literally uh, getcha getcha goo or chicka chicka chua like just Never all of these. Stop. Exactly, like it's, it's meaningless it's, things. Exactly, but like it, it works. Like it, it make it gets them to be it gets them to be hits. Like pretty much, I want to say like not even overnight, like over a few hours, <laughs> over an afternoon, over an afternoon. Uh, even Candace is like, wait, how do you already have hit singles? Like, well, it wasn't easy. It took most of the morning. <laughs> it took it took most of the morning to get here. Yeah, and then like, oh my, one of my funniest, one of my favorite jokes in this whole episode, one of the funniest things is, uh, they get to the part where Candace is supposed to sing, and they go, they like get get into it. They are singing the song, and then Phineas points and goes, Candace, and all of the there's a spotlight on her, but all of the music goes silent, and she goes, wait a minute, what are you doing? And Phineas just goes. I'm cueing you. Cueing you. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was that. That was funny. Like, yeah, it's it, it's just in shock and disbelief. I'm like, this is 
this is one of their, like, I think as far as, I don't know what to call it, stakes or call it, like, scales. One of their, like, smaller, smaller, like, uh, daily plans. But, like, yeah, it, fe- it feels so, it feels so huge, this one. Well, it's certainly not as dangerous as some of their others. No, uh, it's definitely not as dangerous. <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. It's it's just sort of, it's more innocent than maybe some of their others. Yeah, exactly. But, like, it's, it still fe- it still feels, like, massively huge. It still feels huge. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, after their performance, uh, a uh, a record r- label representative from Huge O Records comes up and he goes, uh, let's talk. He goes up to Phineas, hands him a business card and was like, uh, let's talk about the future of Phineas and the Ferb Tones. And Phineas just goes, cool, he must be a psychic. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Those, those throwaway lines are just the best part of the show. So... Uh- from from there, uh, we go to the record label where uh, pretty much it's pretty much following the thing that they talk about. They talk about this. They want to sign them, and it's like we need to talk about your follow up single. Follow up single. Yeah, like follow up single. That's like speaking out about like it's like no, we are we are a one hit wonder and we're sticking with it. Yeah, Phineas and the Ferb Tones are strictly a one hit wonder. No, oh, he goes on a whole rant. He's like. Follow up single. What you want us to just keep making music so we can keep making you obscene amounts of cash? Yes. Phineas and the Firm Tones are strictly a one-hit wonder. Good day to you, sir. They just like all storm off, get in an elevator, start riding down, and he goes, "Diva tantrum, check." check. You start hearing "Gitchy Gitchy" go on the elevator. Elevator music, check. Check. Uh, yeah. So, they're pretty much following their entire. They're they're following their mom's checklist to the letter mm-hmm. up to this point. And they're doing it within one day. Yeah. But we're, we're gonna div- we're gonna divert here because we gotta go talk about uh, the per- the Perry Dubichmert subplot. So uh, I can't remember what the what was, what was the scheme this time. What, what was what was Zebo's plan? Uh, Dubichmert. Yes. Uh, he basically uh, explains he. So first off, he has a temp. Which I think is just hilarious. Oh yeah, no, he com- he comes the way Perry Pop pops and he's just like a Groucho wig and mustache and glasses. Yep, yep. And he goes, "Are you my temp?" <laughs> my, temp my temp is a platypus. Yeah, my temp is a platypus. Perry the platypus. When did you become a temp? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, this plot is definitely the the different shorts plot definitely takes a backseat in this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, there basically is just he wants to be like a terrifying uh doofenshmirtz i mean um he has a giant robot building so like he has a new office it's not his old office with like yeah, it's, it's, not the tra- it's not the traditional like evil incorporated building yeah it's not doofenshmirtz evil incorporated like dome top building it's a different like skyscraper and he like flips the switch and it becomes a giant robot so he can just like wreak havoc on the city basically um it's basically just a giant mech for doofenshmirtz exactly like, there's, there's no re- there's no real like fun scheme not, not like the last two where he had like the scheme that was like ridiculously funny this one i mean it's it's like it's, it's like this one's more basic i would say mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely more traditional evil villain like it's it's oh it's a giant robot like it's not the same as i'm going to get tinfoil or i'm going to take all the lawn gnomes it's definitely a little bit more on the downside but i also think that that's for a good thing because that makes you focus more on Phineas and Ferb's plot, which okay. I think is the more important part of this episode. Right. So, 
Uh, they keep go- they keep going. The only thing, <laughs> the I, I I do like his escape. I, it's probably my favorite escape of the season so far, at, at least up to this point. Uh, <laughs> he, he has Perry trap. He like stops to you know give him some. He, he asks some deli meats like you want you want some you want some pepper. Tell me when. Yeah. So, like, starts, a nice like, tasty deli platter. Yeah, he starts like cracking pepper and like he's like tell me when and he didn't tell him to stop until like, there's like a giant like mountain of pepper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, also because like Doofenshmirtz talks, he, I think he has a throwaway line earlier in the episode where he goes, "I don't really like pepper. I'm allergic," or yeah. something like that. So like Perry, and he's like, "Oh, you sure no, do no, like he, a lot of pepper." He, he said, "He says I'm more of a, a paprika guy." Oh, I'm more of a paprika guy. Yeah, you're right. Um, and yeah, he goes, just has the mountain of pepper. And he goes, "You sure do like a lot of pepper. You want me to stop now?" And then Perry just blows it in his face. So, one, one of my favorite lines of the episode is what Doofenshmirtz have here is like. It'll take a lot more than condiments to stop me. <laughs> yeah, and like it's doesn't doesn't make any sense. But you're like logic here. It's it, yeah, yeah, you're at you're, you're, at, like, you're at the wrong show. Yeah, uh, it makes his robot sneeze. <laughs> exactly, it makes his robot sneeze, and uh, like Doofenshmirtz gets like thrown. Doofenshmirtz and Perry get and Perry. thrown out of the front into uh, into the into the music into the Hugo Records building. Yeah, in well, um. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think you're right. Uh, Doofenshmirtz lands on the folding mattress. That's right. Oh, yeah, he lands on the folding mattress. It's like, ah, what? The, he lands on a mattress. like, what? Like, you're back. And then it just, like, folds on him. Yeah, and then the mattress just folds up and on top of him, and Perry uh, ends up. He ends up in the new direction building. Yeah, Perry ends up. And the dude loses the tape, and in order to, like, break his fall, he unravels it. Because, like, the whole thing that we're going to do is, like, as also a great commentary on the music, but it's like, we have a tape of that performance. We can you make we can use this to make you know we we can do a lot with this and that's yeah. kind of like all of the things they're planning to do with that that one yeah. scrap of tape. So Perry takes not, Perry not even knowing what it is like it's just like the way the cards unfold. He takes the tape mm-hmm. and rattles it to like catch himself on the fall. Yeah. <laughs> so the, this is after Phineas and Ferb storm out. The guy at the Hugo Records building knows it was like oh we have the tape of their performance we can like milk this for decades to like make money off of it and then as Perry flies through the window he takes it to save himself. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly it. So uh, we we cut we cut back to the B story where uh, Candace apparently lost. Well, she didn't compete. The winner of the next American <laughs> Teen Pop Idol was one of the strangest. It's one of the strangest things I've seen. Marty the Rabbit Boy. Marty the Rabbit Boy and a musical blunder. <laughs> Which the funny thing is, Candace uh, is trying to bust Phineas and Ferb for being like superstars now. So in the mall, she takes um, their mom like to the audition stage and there's a curtain up and they like see the outline of Phineas and Ferb and then as the curtain comes up it's Marty the Rabbit Boy and his musical blender yeah and like the silhouette is just like it's perfect but also like the, th- the thing about the show is like you also at this point you don't ask why there's a, a semi for no reason of anthropic talking rabbit or I don't even mm-hmm. know if you talk he never speaks he talks with a blender mm-hmm yeah, he literally. I don't think he ever has a line. I think he just does the da 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 da. da. He just does that with uh, his blender, and then of course uh, the mom walks away because she obviously 
uh, cannot bust Phineas and Ferb, and then Phineas and Ferb end up doing their reunion show at the mall, uh, where they invite Candace back up on stage because she is still the hundredth contestant, and she does sing along with Phineas and Ferb, uh, and it is great. Everybody loves her. Everybody loves the performance. She's thinking to herself at the end of it, "Oh, this is how I become a star. It's Phineas and Ferb. They're my brothers." And then all of the lights shut off, and Phineas just goes, "And now we're retired. That's the last time we're ever going to sing this song." Good night, Denise Leaf. Yeah, and then suddenly, within a second, the entire mall shuts off down. Like, all of the lights, and then there's just uh, something on the over-speaker that's like, uh, the Googleplex Mall is now closed. We'll reopen at 11 tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was... Is that where the episode ends? Yeah. That's where it ends. yeah, that's how the episode ends, is Candace is just stuck in the mall. Yeah, it's just like the most like abrupt ending, but like at the same time, it's really funny, and it really works. And then, of course, we did forget the, um, the, by the way, aren't you a little young to be pop stars? That is the guy oh, yeah, who that's, is, that's the he's one. in charge of the Hugo Records. This is the th- first time that Phineas doesn't respond with, yes, yes, I am. He just goes, no. <laughs> well, okay, then. That's very, that's, very, that's very true, though. Also, a good, like, a, a good word in music business. Yep. All right, so, uh, closing thoughts on the episode. Yeah, so this is one of my favorite episodes of the entire season. It's in my... Oof, it's up there for my favorite episode in the entire series. This is, I think, wow. where the show... This is where the show really hits its hits its stride. Um, the first two episodes are really, really solid, really entertaining. But this is where the show just goes to a whole other level. It's where there's a perfect mixture between the boys' plot and Doofenshmirtz's plot. We don't get too much focus on Doofenshmirtz, uh, but we don't neglect the boys either. This is, I think, one of the best balanced episodes of the show. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, especially like revisiting this one. Like, there's so many things that. Like when I was a kid, when I was a kid, like I I liked it fine. wasn't one of my favorites. But like in revisiting, I'm like, oh no, there's actually doing. They're actually doing a lot with it, especially like like I said earlier, like the whole commentary on music business. Uh, the first time, the first use of a song, which Disney actually likes so much, yeah. they insisted that there be one in every episode. Which I think from here on out, there are. There's there's a song yes. just about every single one. Uh, we see Ke- uh, Stacy for the first time in this episode. No, we saw Stacy for the first time in the oh, last. Oh, you're right. Episode. Sorry, my bad. My bad. My bad. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, we see we see the Google, the Google Click Mall for the first time in this episode, which yes, becomes, which is a recurring thing. Yeah, a recurring a recurring setting in the show. Uh, yeah, like I I think like in revisiting, I definitely like a lot more. Definitely one of my favorites this season. I wouldn't go as far as say the whole show. But one of my favorites definitely of the season. For sure, yeah. Okay, so uh, you know, and rating one to five parries. This is a five parries easily. Easily, this is one of my favorite episodes of the whole show. Um, just the way that everything comes together. The throwaway lines are great in this, too. At the end, Candace just goes, oh, I should have taken Blender lessons and all those <laughs> fun things. Like uh, the Candace tries to bust Phineas and Ferb because they have a billboard on the side of a building, and then suddenly that building was actually actually scheduled for demolition, so it gets exploded. This is this is a fantastic episode. This is... If this is somebody has never seen Phineas and Ferb, this is the first episode I show them. Wow! Wow! Not five. I start with roller coaster. No, I start with this, and then I go roller coaster. Five up, five out of five parries for sure for me. Interesting. Wow. Uh, I'm not as high. I think we reverse shoes. I'm not as high on this one, but I do. I read this very highly. I give. I'm gonna go on a uh, four out of five parries. No, I'm sorry, four point five out of five parries for five right, stars. Sure. I think if Dubischmerz's arc were more. The best episode, my favorite episode of the show, are the ones that either well, they're either the ones that uh, really subverted, or the ones like super long form, or the ones where 
uh, both the boys' schemes and Dewey's Boys' evil plans are like firing on all soldiers. The boys mm-hmm. definitely were in this episode. Dewey's Boys wasn't firing on all of them, but it's still really entertaining. Sure. And I think the boys like really pushed one over the edge for me. So I definitely uh, for four point five out of five parries for sure. Awesome, yeah. This is a great episode. All right. All right, so that's it for Flop Stars. So you want to give uh, your plugs, Robert? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at R-B-R-T-P-R-K-R-9-8. That's my first and last name, no vowels plus a year. Robert Parker, 98, no vowels plus a year. Uh, you can find me uh, doing hosting and admin duties at Take 3 Productions, where we cover a lot of Schmodown content. You can find me doing question writing and hosting duties at Full Metal Geek, which is a trivia league, uh, doing mainly inner geekdom-style stuff. You can find me on the other podcast I do with Zach Ford called Fireside Chit Chat, where we talk about movies, music, and other pop culture nonsense that can be found everywhere podcast or listen to at fireside chit chat all right and you can follow me on twitter and instagram at chance wars underscore 91 check out my personal youtube channel chance the critic uh check out my other two podcasts i have uh series study and notorious by chance and uh yeah check out check out uh Schmodown where i compete where i am competing i don't know uh, i don't know if I'm being currently as uh, recording or as a post this i should say but as recorders i was competing so <laughs> still it's, it's a show that i do it's a show that i love it's a show that i think has done a lot for me so definitely mm-hmm. definitely go check that out and yeah we will see you next time